0: folks i'm also excited to announce that this podcast is brought to you by rx bar you've heard me talk about it in the show um but now it is official so this episode is brought to you by the company i work for rx bar Uh, if you haven't heard of us you know we make most we're most well known for making protein bars with core ingredients right on the front so you might have seen them before they have the amount of egg whites you know nuts dates Uh, All the information of our core ingredients right there on the front of the packaging, uh, simple ingredients and um, bright colors is really the way I always like to explain it to people. Um, They have 12 grams of protein made with real simple food. We have indulgent chocolate, sea salt, rich peanut butter and chocolate and tasty blueberry. But those are only a few. We've got thousands. No, just kidding. But with 17 flavors, there's plenty to choose from at rxbar.com. Rx Bar, simple, good. And that's that's the uh, ad they wanted me to say. But I also wanted to go a little bit off the script. Um, you know, I've been at RX Bar now for almost three years. I have been, you know, into the health and wellness space for a while. And when I stumbled upon RX Bars for the first time, it was one of the you know first brands that I ever came across where they actually put the shit on that's in the packaging, the food you eat, on the front. And, you know, after working there for three years, getting to know the founders, uh, you know, the executive team and working closely with all of them, um, it's, it's really true. You know, the last main core ingredient we put on the front is no BS. And obviously we all know what that stands for, but it's true. It's, it's the way we operate as a company. We are very transparent and we don't lie about what we do and we don't lie about what goes in the food. So, for me, it's been an amazing journey working at RX Bar, and I'm pumped to have them a part of the podcast. So, you know, everything in the RX Bar has a purpose, and that's something that I think really resonates with me. I mean, our egg whites are for protein, nuts are for texture, dates are to buy in the bar, and everything is in there for taste. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pumped to have them a part of the podcast, Simply Finance with Shane White um this has kind of been a dream of mine to finally start this and I'm and pumped to have their support. So everyone if you want to check out um rxbar.com, I will add the link in the show notes. And of course, we don't have just bars. At this point we have got lots of delicious and healthy products including minis which are smaller versions of our adult bar. We've got kids bars. We've got layers bars which uh are this decadent combination of an RX bar with nut butter. Um, we have nut butters, uh, which come in single serve and multi-serve, uh, and we have oats. So all of them come with simple ingredients. Um, they have, you know the core ingredients on the front. it's it's the main component of our packaging and really the way we go to market. So would love for you guys to check it out. If you want to check out, any of our products, you can go to rxbar.com and and use code realfood, R-E-A-L-F-O-O-D 20 for 20% off all online purchases. So thanks RxBar for being a part of the podcast and our show will be up right after this. What is up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I'm excited today. Uh, we have a guest on the podcast that kind of gets back to the roots of this podcast platform. Uh obviously it's called Simply Finance and Julian Morris who is my guest today uh is a finance professional. He uh, owns a company called Concierge Wealth Management and you know we connected a few weeks ago on LinkedIn and thought it'd be a great episode to uh put together. He's, you know, an entrepreneur in the finance space and he's dealing with you know, helping his clients get through a rough patch uh, of 2020. And I thought it'd be great. Uh, it's been a little while since we've had a finance professional on the podcast, and I thought you guys would all love this episode. There's a lot of good tidbits in here on uh, how you can manage your finances better through this time, and then just some general strategies uh, as far as budgeting and how you should think about, um, you know, savings and just some really rudimentary things that uh, I think are extremely important. And the more perspectives that you can get on this, I think the better. So without further ado, give it up for Julian Morris. Thank you everybody for listening to another episode of simply finance with Shane white. I am pumped to have on the episode today, Julian Morris. And uh, if you guys are, if you guys have been listening for the podcast for a little bit um, we've had, you know, we started off very finance heavy. We've had a lot of founders on the podcast right recently, as well as some athletes. And I actually connected with Julian a few weeks ago on LinkedIn And he is a finance professional and thought it'd be great to have him on to talk a little bit about just what he does and how all of you can benefit from, uh, you know, learning more about your financial health. So without further ado, Julian, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Shane.
0: I appreciate you taking the time. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: Julian, I, uh, you're, you're obviously, as I mentioned, uh, you know, a financial professional, a financial advisor and planner. Would you mind giving everyone a little background just to like how you got into finance in the first place?
1: So I think we were trying to trace back the timeline and it's to when I was around 18 years old, I thought it was 19 or 20, but it was when I was entering college that I worked at Solomon Smith Barney for a summer internship. Right. And, uh, by happenstance ended up being an intern for one of their, their top producers. And we are downtown Boston on the top floor of a skyscraper looking nice. out over the city. And I was just thinking like, wow, what a, what a cool, great life. You oh, know, this guy is rich, like really rich and maybe I could be rich too.
0: Uh, Got it. Yeah.
1: But that was, that was when I was younger before I saw the big picture. The big picture is that if you do well by somebody, you might be able to make a good living as a financial planner. You can help people. And that's actually the more enjoyable part, right? Yeah, It's helping people. So in the late nineties, it was more transactional based stock Oh, hang on, folks. We're uh,
0: having a little technical difficulty. There we go. Oh, we're back. We're back. Here we go. You might have to, you might have to turn the Wi-Fi off. I can see you, but I can't hear you.
1: All right. Let's uh let's figure this out, iPhone.
0: There we go. iPhone should be better than the PC.
1: All right. So you still have me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. There we go. All
1: right. So now we are we are on AT and T.
0: Okay. All right. This should work. So, any problems
1: now? We're no longer branding the Xfinity. <laughs> we're.
0: Yeah. For all of you guys listening, we, uh, we had some. We, tr- we tried for like 10 minutes to get the, the internet going. So, this has been, as always right. in 2020, a struggle. <laughs>
1: just, just 2020 hashtag. I tell you. Sucks. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes, who's having an awesome. He's having a fantastic.
0: Yeah. He'll have a fantastic decade at this rate.
1: So, we're talking about helping people. Yeah. Helping people. In some ways, by being un- unselfish. Okay. Which is, which is awesome. The meeting with clients and having those external relationships is probably the best part of, of my business. Uh, so, got yeah, that, I mean, that's how I got started.
0: Yeah. There were okay. some
1: detours along the way. But in, in 2004 is when I went into the financial planning business, and that was with, uh, with American Express.
0: Okay and you were with them for i wrote down here was it like 6 years ish
1: yeah so they have a couple channels the first channel is you start off as an employee and they sell you on the idea of after two or three years if you're successful you get to own your own business mm. so i was like okay. you know i we talked about me being in law school and and not being a morning person I think Maybe on the, the B side, right? Right. Uh, well, I was thinking, well, if I can own my own business. Yeah. And I was the son of a small business owner. Yeah. Well, that's great. So I, I hustled, I helped people. And in 2007, I became an independent financial advisor, with, which American Express had then morphed into Ameriprise.
0: Got it.
1: Uh, so I did that for another few years. Uh, moved my office from suburban Boston back downtown to Boston to make my commute a little bit easier. Uh, hooked up with with some some guys, my actually my compliance officer and another group. So okay. they had space. I wanted to be. It was two miles from my house. You overlooked the water. So again, I wasn't in a skyscraper, <laughs> but I could overlook the water, and that was very that was cool. The best yeah, part yeah. of my day would always be. Opening the door and just having the the sea air, the salt air hit my face when I'm leaving to go home. Oh, and that's like, cool. This is this is what life's about. Yeah. Uh, in, in 2010, I was waking up one morning. I get a phone call from uh, one of my. He's my landlord. He's also my friend, and I'm thinking, this is odd. Why are they calling? I'm going to be in the office in 10 minutes, right? Okay, sure. Said so we're all moving to LPL Financial. LPL is uh, my now my current broker dealer. They're one of the largest broker dealers, or they are the largest independent broker dealer by rep count okay. in the United States. So I was like, okay, well, uh, I guess I'll go too. Why not? I don't want to move my office.
0: Okay. Yeah. So
1: we made that happen, and I've been at LPL since since 2010. We're coming up on 10 years this December.
0: Wow. Okay. Got it. Very cool. So, and then, so with that switch, did you also, are you now running your own, your own office or are you, a, I guess I don't know for everyone listening, like how does that piece
1: work? Great, so know? great question. So I've always been in a really fortunate situation where I, I've been basically subletting office space. So I didn't have to worry about cleaning the toilets or making sure the coffee machine was stocked or paying the bills. Okay. So if you're, if you're out there, you're trying to, Run your own business. Make sure you don't have to sweat the small stuff, I would say. Okay. I don't yeah, want to worry advice. about where I don't want to worry about where uh, the toilet paper is coming from or, or if we have enough copy paper. I want to be able to go to the supply closet and grab it. Or even better, if you have an assistant, ask the assistant. Okay. Uh, so I I I run my own business. I'm attendant at will where I am. Uh, they provide my electricity, my phone, uh, my internet too. I wonder if we were at my office, if this would be working, it, <laughs> it is open. Uh, just, I choose not to, not to go there right now. It, yeah. It's COVID safe. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're thinking about branching out, starting your own business, it's a, it's a good way to be lean to have somebody or, or save time to have somebody that will effectively take them for you. So what I focus on to, to get back to your question, Shane, is, is really just helping my clients in, in the most effective manner possible. I'm not worried about, uh, you know, is, is, is the phone okay?
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So my, okay. my focus is, is solely on, you know, building the right experience for my clients. So, I'm in charge of the technology that that we use, the digital experience, how we interact, whether it's Zoom, Google meetings, the financial planning software and the reports that are generated, but I'm not worried about my phone or cable provider or um, you know, housekeeping type issues.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So you can focus on the important stuff. And with it's we're we're solely focused focused. on the
1: the client and, and their experience. So I've been able to uh, fortunately just be able to delegate that by choosing good landlords.
0: Got it. Okay. Never knew how that worked. That's interesting. Do you um what what it, like so going out and like creating this kind of model on your own, you know, I'm sure over the the time frame that you've owned this and done this, what have been like for people out there who you listen to this, you know, want to be entrepreneurs and especially ones that want to go into financial planning. What, um, what are like, what some been some of like the hardest lessons learned that you've gone through since you've started, you know, down this path?
1: Wow. Hardest lessons learned. I think it would probably be the same as, uh, as maybe we were talking about CrossFit. We share a love for CrossFit. I, I found your, your podcast listening to the Matt Fraser episode.
0: Got it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it.
1: maybe just be humble. Okay. Because... There's always a bigger fish, sure, and you know the client today that might only have twenty thousand dollars with you might have twenty million in ten years, so lessons are always treat people with respect, how you would want to be treated, somewhat the golden rule uh, and no matter how good you think you are there is there is always somebody that has a more refined process, might be able to deliver a better experience. So I would, I would always just say, be humble and, and continue to find ways to improve your processes and, and what you do for people. God, and 2020 has been a, been a huge year for refining processes and right. trying to, we've had to reinvent our whole client experience.
0: I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure now that people can't come into the office and meet you and sit down with you. Right.
1: Right. I mean, they could, however, I don't really feel comfortable meeting people. And what I've actually noticed also is there's been an exodus uh, focusing on clients that are in their very successful people that are in their uh, mid to late twenties to late thirties. They're leaving the city, whether it's because, the city's been let's call it closed to them, or they had young families and they' uh, they were looking to maybe go to the suburbs anyways. This has accelerated it uh, actually as you know we're talking now on my iPhone instead of my computer, I see my messages pop up as uh, uh, somebody just is putting an offer in on a house again, Boston moving to to a more suburban yeah tongue time, yeah. more suburban area uh today we were uh another client again relocated out of the city him and his uh his what well, when are we airing this
0: um well let's see today's the seventh so I, probably in a couple of days a day or two okay
1: well i don't think we don't need to name names or anything like that but somebody who's trying to get get engaged right so oh, he's meeting yeah. with a jeweler so the the even the scope of what we're pro- providing for clients is different. you know we're helping negotiate homes the the mortgage rates, who to talk to to get a certain type of loan. in this case, it's, hey, this is the jeweler that, that I use. I don't okay. want you to get taken
0: so you you even do that type of stuff, like you help with yeah. all, anything finance I mean, pretty much anything that you're spending money on
1: it, sometimes I mean it's just it's. It was. The guy was talking about rings, and he was looking at rings online. Now you're married, right?
0: Yeah. Yes, I How am. long have you been married? We'll be married four years in January.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations. Thank you. So, Appreciate it. My eighth anniversary is coming up in two weeks.
0: Congratulations. And,
1: yeah, which is great as well. Now, what I said to this guy is, "Dude," and I think I said, "Dude," because I was just taken aback. I was like you don't, you don't buy a wedding ring online. He's like, yeah. well, I know what she wants. I'm like, no,
0: you got to see it. You, you can't put you the, need to the picture see of the it. diamond. This isn't it. This is an,
1: you know, you have to see the ring. And so we're talking about, about it. And I was like, you know what, let me hook you up with the jeweler that I use Okay. for my wife's stuff and who did my wife setting. And I was like, Hey, you know, here's, Here's even tricks that I've learned how you make the diamond maybe look a little bigger uh-huh, okay. depending upon your budget and things like that. So he texted me earlier today. Client texting is actually something we have uh, new for 2020. Uh, secure client messaging, which could be on my computer, it can be on my phone. Uh, anyways, get back to that, that he's having a meeting on Friday with the, with the jeweler. So I'm, oh, I'm okay. happy for him. I hope she stays says yes
0: i'm Love sure it. she will yeah.
1: they just bought a house together but so it's morphed. this business has morphed from something that's very transactional sure over the last 15 years and, and i started with the firm that was a planning focused firm but my internship was a transactionally focused firm right
0: okay uh so
1: what, is, and again, what does that
0: mean for people listening
1: uh, uh so what that would mean is you know, you have a stock broker, which is different now because now people have apps, and their their app is uh ugh, why Robinhood, right? Yeah, Robinhood, Charles right. Schwab. So that's your that's your broker now. But in the late '90s, early 2000s, you were calling somebody to make these transactions for you, right? And everything, was, and, and then your broker got a piece of that, right?
0: That's all. So good right, so, people, yeah. so
1: how. How how we're working now is is very different. It's not it's not really transactional in nature. It's more a flat fee for maybe negotiating the price of a, a wedding ring or giving you tips on that, okay. uh, or uh, more traditionally, how much you need to save to retire. What are the best ways to save for college if if you have children, uh, a vacation home, and, and instead of having being paid by transaction, you're providing value through either planning, uh, and also we do a percentage of assets managed for investments. So again, you can make a bunch of transactions, but it's not to churn your account and get a commission. The commission is is non-existent. So we want to be aligned right. with our clients' goals and values. So what we're, we're focusing on is what is best for the end user, whereas. Maybe in the dot-com era, which I don't, again, I don't know the demographics of the audience. If they're in their late twenties, they were, they were probably just getting their potty trained then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anything that had dot pet.com, right? Your broker was calling you. I have a great idea. Buy, buy a thousand shares of this.
0: Oh, so they're like influencing too.
1: Yeah, So, and also I remember uh, at, at Smith Barney, one of the things I got to see in the morning when I got there was what they were pushing that day. So what stocks they, they were probably, you know, had a, an underwriting interest in.
0: Ah, interesting. So that is
1: different too. Whereas very rarely for my clients do I buy individual stocks. Okay. Uh, my clients own individual stocks, but typically it's because of the company that they work for. Again, in Boston, one of the largest employers, they could be uh, Wayfair or TripAdvisor or uh, DraftKings has been in the headlines a lot. So big big tech, or, or then if we move over to Cambridge, a lot of the vaccine development is happening over there. Right. So. My right. company, my or excuse me, my clients have stock in, in these companies. However, they have it held at arm's length for me. And what we're focusing on with their company stock is maybe how to diversify that risk
0: and okay. what complements
1: yeah. their existing stock or their portfolios with those individual stock positions. So if you're working for a, a pharma company, we're probably not buying you healthcare UTS because you're in healthcare.
0: Right. Okay.
1: We're, we're probably looking at a way to maybe minimize your concentrated exposure. And then from there, depending upon whether how that without getting technical, right? Yeah. And what is um,
0: what's concentrated exposure mean? That's okay. So concentrated
1: exposure would be, let's say you work at Biogen, which is a, a large, a large Farm, pharmaceutical company. Have you heard of Biogen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so I wanted to use a, a larger one. Okay. Right? Uh, maybe you have $500,000 of stock options at Biogen, but you only have 100000 in your 401k. That means you're, you're net, and let's just say that's it. So your your total investable assets are 600000 500000 is with your company stock and probably at Biogen. Actually, I know at Biogen they also give you company stock as a match,
0: right? Your yeah.
1: so you're even more concentrated there. So you're so like it's like
0: to, the opposite of being diversified.
1: It, it is, yes. Thank you. Right. Uh, okay. So got it. I talk, I talk about crazy.
0: diversification on here, so it's basically like the opposite. It's like basically yes, like you have so met so much into one. You have one right. one uh, horse in the race, <laughs> for lack of better words
1: sure so got it it exactly and uh you know excuse me because as a financial advisor uh what we tend to do is give long-winded explanations that can be uh well i guess (laughs) long-winded to make (laughs) sure but trying to make it long-winded but understandable for people. Sure. And that's yeah. going to be a long-winded explanation on why what what is a concentrated stock. So that's why I gave an example. Uh the other yeah, part great. of that though is if you have a concentrated stock position, you probably have tax issues looming oh. as well. Why is that? And the reason would be uh just simply you have to sell your stock which could create a gain.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's not right.
1: get into tax law, right? Long term, short sure. term. Uh, but then we have to manage the tax issues, how much money you might need to hold aside to pay for the taxes for the, the, what we hope is appreciated or stock that's gone up.
0: Right, right. Oh, so if you're in, but if you have, if you have, uh, if you have like ma- this maximum exposure in one stock, your tax, tax risk could be higher than if you're well diversified. Is that right or accurate to say? <laughs> Or just in um, general, you're just saying you're gonna...
1: that's going to depend on how much your your stock has gone up.
0: Right, right, okay. right. So yeah. if you're with a
1: company that uh, there's a there's a company that just went public recently in the area, it's called Zoom Info. Yeah, I don't, I don't. So yeah. Zoom Info, they went up gangbusters in their first few days. Now. Wasn't that
0: because most people that bought it thought they were buying Zoom Communications, like Zoom, like I this think the video. Part chat? Of it yeah part yeah. of it
1: um now if what a lot of these companies will do is they'll make it so you can't sell the stock that you own for a while maybe okay. three six months so well I lost my train of thought sorry I need another okay. Rx bar to, to uh <laughs>
0: feed the feed the conversation yeah or you're fine you were but s- uh so, so we're, we're talking about maximum uh, exposure right. and the you tax. Sell, you might not
1: be able to sell your, your stock right away, but in six months, right. Let's, let's switch now from zoom info. Cause I don't actually know what their stock is doing right now. DraftKings went public earlier this year. Right. They went public uh, by using what's called a special acquisition company. It's not a traditional IPO. What it means is they merged with an already Public shell
0: company, which has become and really popular this year. There's been yes, a lot of companies become really
1: popular. It's an easier way for companies to go public and they don't have to do uh, what they would be quote unquote called a, a road show where you're going right. You're trying to We're trying to like sell. sell
0: it. I mean, I've talked about that on yeah. here before. And sorry, not to like off go off track, but I'm curious because it sounds like you know a lot about this. I've been really curious. So, like, ha- does this mean that like people or companies are creating these shell companies? Like, they're just literally – like, if you and I were like, let's start a shell company and, like, make it public so that that way we can try to merge with, like, a Zoom. Is that what's happening? Or is it, like, a lot sort of, but bigger than that? I
1: think you, that? you need to be – you know, your grandfather would have to be Warren Buffett because they're, they're very well funded.
0: Got it. Okay. So it's, like, it's basically, like, a, either a fund or a, you know, capital firm. It's, not, it's right. a group so of people with money worried. that – that are like, hey, Correct. we 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 if it'd be easier for us to acquire a company by going this route than it would be like go out and try to just naturally
1: acquire them, maybe.
0: Correct. That's interesting. Okay.
1: So, DraftKings, let's say went public about six, seven months ago, and the stock was was flat for a while. It went up, then it went down. Uh, and I, again, I bring that up because just there's they're a huge employer in the Boston area. Okay. And right. they went and they took their lock up and they said, you know what? We want more capital. So we're going to let some of our executives, including the, the CEO sell. I think the guy sold $32 million or maybe $50 million worth of their company stock. Nice. To the public.
0: That's nice.
1: And yeah. <laughs> hey, they, those guys, they worked really hard. They, right. I'm sure they, they deserve it. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. That's uh, Awesome.
1: They're, they're, now they just announced again this week they're going to release let's call it another i, I don't want. it's either 32 or 54 uh million more shares and essentially it's coinciding with the lockup expiring for their employees so no executives are selling shares okay uh and and it's going to be at 52 dollars a share where the previous one was at 32 dollars a share so ceo CEO diversified. He did the right thing financially, right? He, he still has plenty of, plenty of equity in the company. But oh, he, he diversified. didn't sell it
0: all. So he like sold some of it and then diversified in other ways. Yeah. Got uh, it.
1: So now these folks that maybe got to sell a little bit at 32 or so dollars a share in May or June, now they're getting a guaranteed share price of 52. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's, that's great for them.
0: Right yeah that's huge uh, especially so for everyone listening yeah like they those people essentially had to hold on to their shares but now their shares are worth 20 dollars more a share so depending on how much how many shares you had that could be worth right. an exponential amount of money <laughs>
1: like almost 80 90 percent more yeah it's crazy ish. i'm not gonna do do my math i could bring out my my calculator so yeah it's yeah it's close to it's right like
0: 87 percent
1: yeah um, it is, uh it's actually, you know, we're, it's 62% more.
0: 62. Okay, there we go.
1: But it's
0: still, it's a ton
1: in four months. That's, that's great.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. No, that's wild. I don't um, get
1: those type of returns for, for my clients. Just so you know.
0: <laughs> those are what you, that's your average is that we said?
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's what um, I, think no, I think, you I- know, uh, you know, those memes. that's like what people think,
0: Yes, versus what actually happens. Yeah. Versus what
1: actually happens, right? So, that's what actually funny. happens is we're we're trying to hit lots of singles and doubles. If we're going to use a sports analogy, or for sure. uh, for those people that aren't sports fans, we're just trying to be consistent, right? And within a, within a range.
0: Well, that's kind of that kind of goes my next question for you, Julian. I was curious. So, for someone listening, like I think the the one thing that's pretty consistent with my audience, uh, it usually tends to skew a little bit younger, but actually it's, my audience is pretty widespread in age. So I'd be curious for you. I know this is going to sound like a super loaded question and there's probably lots of answers to this, but what, like, what are some, like, like I was thinking like three to you know, five things that has like changed this year, given COVID and honestly the incredible return of the stock market that like, what are some strategies that now like you're changing kind of throughout the year for your clients. I don't know if anything jumps out to you, but like, I know for me and friends that I talk to and audience members that have reached out, like, you know, just curious on like strategies that have changed from, you know, pre COVID to now, or from your point, trying to get singles and doubles is like nothing really changed or just curious of that. Cause I think that's a really common question of people that manage their own money.
1: So for me, nothing really changed Got uh, from a, a, an investment standpoint. We didn't change our approach. Okay. Maybe a little bit. We tilted more towards large cap growth companies for okay. a, a bit, but lar- large well,
0: cap. You want to explain about? Sorry. I can cutting you off, but large cap growth. Cause that's probably something important. People don't yeah. Know.
1: Again, technical term. Uh, so big companies, an example would be Google. Yes. Perfect. So, okay. um, yep. Um, and, and we, or a Netflix. So you'll hear, uh, people refer to fang yes right facebook amazon apple netflix google
0: a lot of people don't know what that means and they hear it all the time so that, but that is a good one i've told people that before it's that's exactly what it stands for though fang
1: right and now uh and now fang has two a's because they have <laughs> they lump uh or sometimes they they will say alphabet instead of oh instead okay of google but Anyways, that's that's just uh, nerd industry speak here. Um, (laughs) What I found is if you stuck to your plan, okay, that that was probably, so lessons learned, not necessarily things that we changed, was stick to your plan. Right. If you wanted, if your your money, when the market went down in March, if you're saving $500 a a pay period or $500 every two weeks or a month, you had more buying power when your shares were lower sure, and the market yeah. was going down. So stick to your plan was actually the biggest takeaway. Okay, Those folks have mostly recovered now and, or might be a little bit ahead. Whereas if you didn't stick to your plan, and we're talking again, big picture, right? Let's say you sold and you, you're trying to market time. You might have sold right at the bottom. And by the time, more comfortable getting back into the market you might have might have missed the whole rally because you're feeling comfortable yeah in may or june when we're we're kind of back
0: where where we started yeah and now we're
1: now we're going sideways for a while that was a
0: big lesson learned for me um i've been investing for you know really consistently since 2014 when i got out of college and for you yeah, and then, you know, that was, like, one of the things where, I, I don't know, it wasn't like I needed – it wasn't even like I needed to pull the money, but I, I wanted to have a, a bigger cash position when all this stuff started hitting the fan. I think right. I was a little more a little more uh, bearish as far as, like, how long this would last. And so that was a good lesson for me, and I've talked about it on here before, just of, like, I probably pulled too much of cash and missed out on the rally and if we would have just stayed in. And, and I think – but the good thing I, I, I feel like that you can share on here is, you know – Let's you know hope fingers crossed that something like the the COVID pandemic happens once in a lifetime. And so if you if I screwed it up during this, my, I mean the hope is that I would I know better you know for the next thing or the next few things that pop up. So
1: and so Shane, how old are you?
0: Uh, I'm almost I turned 29 in a month.
1: Okay, so the last time we had something let's say comparable to this would have been 2008. Yeah, with the, the financial crisis, so you were, were at high yeah. right. So you you this was your first, let's say, uh, big market correction. So congratulations, right? You've right. lived through the correction, and now we're we're both living through a pandemic. So these are all new new things for for us, right? Right, sure. Uh, and whether you're younger or more experienced investor, I think that the pain of loss always offsets the pain of of, of a gain. yeah so sure.
0: you remember the ones you screw up like i yeah i was just talking to my buddies the other day on you know on our work slack conversation and we all know like our worst investment by far and then you think about your best and sometimes you're like i need a look i'm not actually sure what's like my best but your worst few i i mean off the top of my head i can reel them off i like, know the ones i screwed up it's right
1: cool. so shane are you back in the market
0: yeah, I was fully back in. I held on. I basically held on to some of my positions just in cash and then I'm back in. And it wasn't even a very big proportion. I'm just more mad at myself for pulling right. anything
1: out. Well, it's um, okay. So you learned that lesson, but let's, let's use you, right?
0: Oh, we got Julian cutting out a little bit. Hold on, folks. All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Sorry, I heard, you, right. I heard you say, all right, you're going to use me as an example, I think. Yeah,
1: let's use you as an example, right? Okay. All right. I think the whole issue might just be the pandemic is mad at us.
0: Oh, maybe. It's possible. <laughs> I'm hearing us talk about it, so.
1: Right. So, you did you continue after you pulled your money are out, are you continuing to save now into your 401k, or your Roth IRA, your wife's doing all that?
0: Yeah. So, actually, this is a good question. I want to talk to you about this. So, I... Yes, I did though. And I was, this is because I had been researching this extensively before the pandemic. I slow, we used to, I always try to do, and I've been for a long time, like maxing out the match on my 401k. Right. And all that. I cut back over the last couple of months on the mat going that high just to put in, in every penny I pulled out of that, knowing that I'm losing some of the tax savings, but I just wanted to, it, honestly, in looking back, like maybe it's a little bit arbitrary, but, wanted to get like our cash position to a kind of an arbitrary number. And really my thought was I could short term and I know the, the, the effects of comp- compounding uh, interest and everything, but thought maybe it'd be better. Just given this environment, to be completely honest, I, at that point, this is like in March thinking I'd rather have, you know, X percent and X months of living expenses in cash and forego potential long-term gains on the 401k for a short term get to there and then go back and that's kind of what we did so it's not like we it's not like we like stop doing everything but i definitely put a larger emphasis than i ever have on our cash position just to like have almost like an extra room of bandwidth in case something happened to one of our jobs because um, i felt like you know it's great if i'm able to max out my 401k but if i can't pay our mortgage um You know, because I lost my job and I had six months out, then it's, you know, right. So that was kind of where my head went. But I honestly, I would love to get your perspective. I don't know if that was the right move or not.
1: So it wasn't a bad move. Okay. What I always will encourage my clients to do is have three to six months of expenses in a cash reserve. Love it. Three to six.
0: And three to six is that, I know that's kind of like the industry standard. Is that like a, do you, do you tell people more so like one way or the other? Like, is it really, is it usually six or is it usually three?
1: You know, when I'm talking to people, I get more of a feeling, let's say on how it really sometimes it's just, it's have and then it'll be, well, you know, if you're heavily commissioned, or you're both salaried so if you have two people that work let's say uh, in sales
0: sure okay you
1: probably want to try and build more on the longer end of that spectrum right okay. because sales cycles go up and down so if you're both in a down cycle at the same time you want to have more cash on hand
0: sure whereas let's,
1: let's say you have uh and again uh, most most couples are, are, are working couples these days it's living is expensive yeah really. so let's say you have uh you know two salaried employees and their salaries are going to be, and they're at relatively stable companies then we can say well what's your comfort level your minimum should be three months however if you're a little nervous about getting laid off and we're in a pandemic well sure even but if we took COVID off the table still Maybe three months should be the minimum and it's, it's expensive. So if you have kids, it's, it's daycare, it's your mortgage, it's your car, right. electricity. Um, it, it also do, you, could be-
0: do you suggest like, so when you're calculating that, when you're looking at like what your true monthly expenses are, do you suggest like, I don't know. I mean, it's funny that without going into detail, we both have a whoop on, like something yeah, like small like that. I like-
1: you what your day strain was earlier.
0: My day strain today. I haven't. I've only done. I did a little, slight run this morning with my dog. So I'm only at six point three. So I'm working out after this. I'll do a crossfit gotcha. workout. So I'm sure it'll be higher.
1: I uh, I can't tell you what mine is because I'm scared if I pull up the app.
0: Oh, you'll stop this,
1: right? <laughs> so and and you know, I have I have two phones, but this phone doesn't. This is all business apps. Got so it. So you can't no, see the whoop. No whoop on this, but whoop, uh, great company based in Boston. Yeah, exactly uh, at my, again, uh, we just moved three weeks ago. We moved far enough away from my old gym where we, we had a really safe training environment and everything was spaced out indoors, outdoors. Only one other person wore whoop.
0: Oh, wow. At, okay. my new,
1: at my new gym. And I've been there three weeks. There's everybody wears a loop.
0: Yeah. They're, it's becoming so really it's, popular now.
1: So and and I guess I don't I don't know who it is. There's a client there, so that works for the company. But they oh, all have, they all have whoops. And I was like, wow! I'm trying to get into their whoop group so that I can compare yeah. my string, Whereas before, I could only compare it to one other right. one other guy who worked out five times a day.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's again,
0: all. I think it's cool. Is it's like I mean. Well, if Will's listening, the CEO of Whoop, I've been trying to get him on here because he he would be someone really cool to talk to. Um,
1: yeah, and I would like to to talk to Will too because he, he can't live more than fifteen or twenty minutes from me.
0: Yeah, I know the office is right across from Fenway. So it's their like, office gotta, is in the
1: Fenway. I'm right I'm right by Route 90, Will. Let's uh, let's have coffee. <laughs> I th- think you'd be an interesting person to talk to. Uh, because you know, their their partnership with the, first of all, and the NBA, I'm a yeah. huge basketball fan, personally, okay. yeah. and uh, so he knew David Stern, who's the ex-commissioner yeah. of the NBA, who brought it from, you know, in the the mid-80s, uh, from not really a money-making machine to, uh, you know, really just Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Boston, Larry Bird, yep, yep. You, uh, you know. I'm from Indiana, NBA, so I know superstars. Larry very well. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I guess we meandered a bit there. But yeah. Well, my question was going to be. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, with Whoop, you can compare strain, right? But it is yeah. highly individualized. So I'm right. going to try and tie this back to to the financial planning aspect. Okay. Things, right? So I said, you know, the the other guy that at my old gym, right, he worked out four times a day. Okay his strain would consistently be in 15, 16, 17. And I'm like, man, how do you, how do you do that? And you don't sleep. Cause I can see your sleep.
0: Okay. You sleep four That's hours a night. Right. Yeah. You,
1: you know, but what it works for him now, sometimes when you're comparing your finances to other people and your own age demographic, now this guy's was fitter than me. There's, there's no, uh, no argument there. However, it's highly personalized. Just like the algorithm on my wrist is different than the algorithm on your wrist. So if you said to me, JB, I'm, I'm 29, I've been married for four years. You know, how much did I have saved?
0: Yes. Okay. Right. So just kind of like, like honestly, like I feel like the point of my podcast here is to like cut to the cut to it. And that's like exactly, I feel like so many people want to ask people that question and they like, no one does. Everyone's like too scared to ask. So I'm glad that you're hitting on this.
1: So that amount that you have saved, and again, you know, I don't know the intimate details of your household finances or anything like that. And if you're, first of all, in your twenties, Jane, and you said you started saving religiously at age 21, you're way further ahead than most people. And if, if we were doing a zoom where I could bring up charts and graphs and this was like a, a client meeting, I would yeah. show you,
0: Oh, that's good uh, enough. This is good. the stuff
1: that gets me all excited, right? The <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. earlier you start, essentially, the longer you're right, you have your money to grow and it right. can grow right. exponentially. So, the cutting all that aside, again, no two people are alike. Uh, however, you know, the rule, and again, not the rule, but because there's no rules, right? Sure. A guideline would be if you're in your 20s, you should try and it might not be feasible to max out your 401k, $19,500 a year if you're making $100,000. If you're making right. $200,000, then save 10%. 10% is that is the number, not the company match. 10% is that number you should strive for. So if you're making $50,000, you can save $5,000 or 10%, which would be $5,000 a year, that's great. If you can do 15%, yeah, and you do that from your twenties all the way till the time you're 65. You're even better. Now,
0: now when you say 10, percent is that is 10% that percent of your salary? Is that but is that total like between your savings account, your 401k, or is that just like in cash and a savings? Or like, can you explain? Excellent that
1: question. So this is after we've built up that adequate cash reserve that we talked about previously. Got it. Okay, so that's so, like
0: your focus number one.
1: Yeah, cash reserves the foundation of of financial planning. So if you go on my LinkedIn from a couple of days ago, maybe last week, I posted like a a hierarchy of financial needs. Okay. So it's similar to like Maslow's hierarchy of financial needs. And I believe at the bottom, you know, is comfort and comfort is is cash on hand, right? Right. Liquidity, because we don't want to go into debt. If you have too much debt, then you can't save. It makes right. it difficult because you're always playing
0: catch up. Got it. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. No, that totally makes sense. Okay. So then you're, you're really at the 10 to 15%. And then you were going into when you're, when you're trying to like diagnose, like what you you know, what is a monthly total expenses for a month look like? And then building three to six. So I guess like a question I would have is uh, the reason I mentioned my whoop is like, it's 30 bucks a month. It's not like breaking the bank. But right. is that like, do you tell people like when you're calculating that, like you're turning all that stuff off cause you don't have a job. And then like if our normal, like I don't, we don't throw out numbers, but like if my normal, let's just say my normal for fun numbers, my normal like grocery bills, $500, would you assume you, you keep it the same? Or are you going to try to like trim places? Like, I guess that's the other thing I've always had to stru- struggle with is like, I feel like my normal expenses today might be a little looser than if we like lost our job. And then like, but at the same time, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not the way you should think about it.
1: Well, so what you're asking is is good. Um, and I'm going to give a meandering answer as that's I've fine. been known to do, right? Um, <laughs> what I'm going to actually use is the uh, people that are retiring with less money than they should. Okay. What I found is at some point, people just retire whether they choose to, or they just, they lose their job and they can't go back to work.
0: Sure.
1: And they find a way within their budget to cut the, the stuff out that might might have been extra before. Right. That's okay. what I found is, is that at least in, in my client base, people that have retired early, um, we found a way to make it work for them. Okay. Now. So I think people can adapt and they, they find ways to cut the stuff out and probably notice probably from March through mid-May, you were spending less money on stuff because you weren't going out and having, let's call it fun.
0: Yeah, right? right. You weren't going to like restaurants every night or not every night, but like going to have drinks or doing this or that sure. or whatever. Yeah,
1: right. So, you know, the the bars are closed. You're, you're probably, restaurants might have been closed. So you're really just grocery shopping that was your your main expense um, so what I don't like to do and it's because I don't enjoy it I don't like to audit people's fun and say you you can't spend money here or there right so because there's a way where you're spending $30 on your whoop right yeah every month well first of all um if you like it you might be able to get a discount. And if we keep talking about Will, maybe he'll send you a coupon code That's what or I'm something. Thinking.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping Great. Will hooks me up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, we can say, okay, well you're paying $30 a month to get a bunch of metrics right above mm. your health. Right. And if you are getting those health metrics on your risk and risk and you are studying them, then the value should be there intrinsically because then you're staying healthy, right? And you're not spending money on healthcare costs,
0: right? Right. So that
1: could be something totally different. So the three hundred sixty dollars a year that you're spending on your whoop to track your health is actually benefiting you because you're you're holding yourself accountable to be more healthy.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Right.
1: Uh, you're eating healthier too. So if you're, you know, people that, uh, maybe do meal prep there, it might cost a little bit more. However, again, you're, you might have, you might have less conditions.
0: Right. Right. That,
1: right. But obesity, things like that. I, I, you know, I personally, I used to go out all the time, uh, and eat in Boston, uh, seven nights a week. And I was 280 pounds. Gotcha, and okay. I'm not two eighty anymore. I mean, about two hundred, maybe. Wow, congratulations. More, that's maybe, awesome. Maybe more with the with the core team fifteen. I have not stepped on a scale since March. Okay. But um,
0: well, that's I mean, that's a lot of weight. Congratulations. Right.
1: Oh yeah. It's a, it's a lot of weight. And you know what? It cost a lot of money to lose that weight. Cause I had to hire essentially a, a diet a, a dietitian or a nutritionist. I had to learn how to work out the right way. Got it. Um, okay, you know, and and commit to it. So, it commit. You have to commit to the process. It's the same thing with with financial planning or right, no just different. savings in general. Once you you commit and you buy in, you'll be able to do it. But I might have been spending. Wow, when I lost all this weight, uh, two thousand and fourteen or so, I think okay. so. My doctor said to me, Well, you're spending all this money, however, you know, you're you're preventing yourself from getting diabetes, right? right. Uh, it's, your, it's your health,
0: right? It's your life. Right. So it's like middle so day, like maybe when
1: people are telling me that they're spending money on their gym memberships or something that is gonna prolong their life, I say good for you.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, because if
1: you're that's an investment in yourself.
0: Right. Right.
1: So if you're investing in yourself, again, and it might be something you enjoy, I don't want to audit your fun. Now, if you're going out to eat and having drinks five nights a week and you're saying you can't save money, can you cut it back to four? Sure. Like if you're you're going out to eat four days
0: a week, but then you're like, well, maybe I should cut out my whoop, which is 30 bucks. Maybe there's a different problem, right? Like maybe it's where you're spending. So that makes sense.
1: Or how you're spending, right? How you're spending, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So there's not like a right or wrong answer to like the, you know, I guess like the, the monthly expenses, but just maybe, maybe it's for the audience. It's better to be a little more um, conservative. When I say conservative, maybe plan on the high a little bit on the higher side of what your true monthly expenses are. That way you, you have like a little buffer in there. It's kind of the way people probably
1: think they're spending less than they really are truly spending.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So, you know, if you sign up for, uh, a program that you can actually track your expenses. We we provide our clients with those digital capabilities where you oh, can make your bank and your credit card accounts yeah. so that we can get a true picture of what your expenses are. It's uh, like
0: accountability and, for what we right. are spending type of thing. Yeah. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Do you, Um, I wanted to ask, I had a question around for you specifically. Um, I think honestly that that question was like the big one that I wanted to solve today and talk to you about. Do you, where, where are you, um, as a financial planner professional for the audience allowed to plan? So like if someone's listening to this from Chicago, for example, I guess like what states or areas are you allowed to help people in?
1: There's a long list of them. Okay. I think 15 or 16 states. You know, if you're in Alaska, which I think, or Hawaii, which are the two US territories, I would say, farthest from Massachusetts, but you're nice and you're motivated and you think we could get along and we could figure out the time difference as far as meeting, it's very easy to get licensed in those states. Got Uh,
0: it. Okay, cool.
1: So uh, you you can get licensed in, in all 50 states. So it's more just making sure that you're up to snuff with uh, st- some states. New York is, is notoriously difficult uh, for like cybersecurity laws and, and keeping up with some individual states CE or uh, continuing education.
0: Ah, yeah. Okay. So
1: I, I can work anywhere in the, in the U.S. Once you move outside of the U.S., it becomes more difficult.
0: Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I wanted to ask because um, I think one thing, you know, I, I, I've picked up from this, I mean, this is the first time we've met JB um, face-to-face and I, I say face-to-face, I mean, virtually, but yeah. um, people that are listening, I'm sure you're probably going to get some people reaching out. I'm and... licensed
1: in Illinois. Just so Perfect. Know.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, honestly, that's something I've been thinking about is like, for a for your financial journey and finding someone to work with, I mean, to be honest, the one thing that's funny is COVID's kind of totally thrown all the cards in the air. I, personally, I would rather work with someone who is personable and humble, like you mentioned, and just wants to help. Has like that, you know, has your best interest in mind. I've talked to some financial planners uh, and advisors before that I, I don't know. You just get the vibe that it's a sales pitch, and and they're just yeah. like, like a pawn in their in their system. So. Um, I appreciate all that too. I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that for anyone listening. So I'll, oh, I'll definitely, you know, add the information for you to get a hold of people. Um, you know, in the show notes. Um,
1: yeah my uh, my goal here was not to pick up any clients. It was just kind of to be on a podcast. Yeah, what happens? Uh, but you know, you mentioned COVID, and then you mentioned. Being like, where can you work? And the, the whole thing, again, this digital pivot to 2020, getting licensed in uh, California, let's say, right? Very easy. Um, but previously, let's say when we're in the more face-to-face type of world,
0: yeah, right.
1: you get licensed in California because I had a client in Massachusetts that moved to California. God, now I, I have that. people in California that they're at home I'm at home. We just, there's a three-hour time difference, which isn't a huge deal, right? We can make a meeting work. Sure. Yeah. So I can. It, it, Covid has actually, in some ways, right, it's opened up the avenues for people to get more choice with who they work with.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you're not with stuck the with like having to go. And- go like down the street to the person in your town anymore type of thing right
1: you don't have to and that all again that means i need to be able to provide the best experience that i can possibly for my clients because they have more choice
0: yeah right
1: and who they want to work with and you know um, so again just the the digital pivot in, in 2020 there's there's apps there's there's advisors and now there's it's not just the local advisor it's you can work with anybody.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, and, then, exactly. and then it
1: gives me choices too. On the other end, I yeah. After 15 years, I'm not afraid. I don't think this is going to be a good fit. I don't like saying that. Uh, typically, right. to get my practice, you're referred from a, an existing client. I okay. keep my client base small intentionally and the reason is because I like to give folks the attention that I think they deserve. They deserve again, concierge, wealth management. So yeah, but right. I equate like that with, with personal attention and the ability to do things like we spoke about before, uh, help you negotiate the sale of a house or get a wedding ring recommendation, car deals we do all the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. That's funny.
1: But uh, it, it's also, it just, it allows me to not get too stressed in the, because I'm trying to be the person that I'm not, I want to be my authentic self when I'm dealing with clients and, and I want my clients that are dealing with me uh, because money is extremely personal.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: I don't want it to be a painful conversation if we're having a phone call or a zoom meeting, I want it to be a friend.
0: Got it. Yeah. And, I love that. It's felt very conversational. So I definitely feel that,
1: And you know, one of, one of, Yeah one one of my one of my best friends now started off as a client and he's a, a groomsman in my in my wedding.
0: Oh wow, that's so cool. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's
1: it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sure that goes a long way of having that, you know, personal touch. Um JB1 qu- there's two questions that I love to ask on here and you seem like someone who would have some good ones. Um what are if you had to suggest or if you had like, you know, a friend, family member, someone who really wanted Gift a book to what would that book be? And if you don't have a book, I also say, like, if you have a podcast or like something knowledge based that you share with people, what would that be?
1: Okay, so the book would be All the Places You Will Go by Dr. Seuss.
0: Okay, all right, all right.
1: So I think you were maybe expecting like a you know, a money book, like you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. No, let's let's toss that out the window, let's do Dr. Seuss. it's all the places you will go.
0: I like that. No, I is, that's, you're gonna you're just gonna shock people because I'm sure everyone was thinking it was gonna be something.
1: Finance Well, for related. a second, I was trying to think like, oh wow, what? what like you know, when I started in this business, you, your homework is all these different books about money and sales and like. Right. No. But, but I again, like it, Doctor Seuss.
0: That'd be a cool book to get gifted yeah. as well. So that's cool. Um, so uh, love and, that. And,
1: and I will tell you that. Books that I give to clients, uh, typically, like if they're starting families, I'll, I'll send a, a chicken soup for the, the new mother's soul and uh, that but I I don't uh, so I, maybe we're getting off track, but again, I, I would do Dr. Seuss, but if I give somebody a book, it's typically more of a thought book, yeah, not an educational okay. book. I yeah. think if people are passionate about us a, a subject they find the education right uh, so right. i tend to do more more thought type books so if you're again hopefully travel can resume soon right yeah, who right. knows when soon is that 12 months or 24 months and you're going on a trip to italy and i like you a lot shane i might i might buy you a book about italy so oh that's cool read, all right right yeah or, you know, what are what are the you know, what are the tourist places to go? They might not be the hip places. Right, what, are, right. what are the tourist places? So yeah, uh, all the places you'll go, Dr. Seuss, favorite. that's my favorite, favorite book.
0: Okay, very cool. And then the last question I have to ask everybody is, so someone like you, I feel like you have a lot, I mean, you said you keep a small client base, but I'm sure you have a lots of different moving things going on at the same time. What tools do you use on a daily basis for, you know, goal tracking, task tracking? Is it like, I, some people use, I know, like, you know, something as simple as the reminders app on their phone. Some people use apps. Some people use like planners or journals. Just curious from your perspective, what you found works best for you.
1: So what I found works best for me is I just keep a, a, a well-organized calendar. I use okay. Google Calendar and then I guess I put my to-do's like in the top space or even something like now is my kid remote learning this week or not remote so that I I can keep myself organized in that respect. And then uh, I like to keep a clean inbox, but if there's a message that I know I need to get back to, that will be pinned to my inbox. So for me, it's, it's, it's really, I do try and stay organized. I would say through Google calendars probably where I'm staying organized the most uh, if I have work that I have not completed, then it stays out on my desk in a secure, locked office. I need to say that. <laughs> um, and then when I'm, then I will place it in the shredder. Got it. Victoriously yes. when I'm done with it. Love it. But Love uh, it. yeah. So for me, again, it's. it's It's, uh, it's just carefully planning the the day and allowing, not trying to overbook. It's just, it's making sure I have enough time to complete each task. And then if I, I guess, like you said, the reminders app, I don't do that. I, my to-do list is just at the top of my Google calendar.
0: Gotcha. Have you, did you see on October 1st? Um, I don't know if you've ever used it, but if you're into Google, I love, I mean, I live in Google calendar too, um, but Google Tasks, the app, they finally integrated it with uh, Google Calendar. Like it's it's always been on the desktop, but now it's on your phone too. I have not,
1: but so I've checked it out. if you you're sure. on the
0: iOS app and you go to like add an event in your calendar, now there's an option for tasks, and then you can you can actually add the task to at a certain time in your calendar, and then it's also on your tasks list. Oh, so, cool! So I started messing around with it this week. It's really interesting because it's like the one thing that I've I've never been able to like. Combine as those two things, but it's nice to know. Like, if I have an hour slot and I need to get this thing done, you know, I used to put like an event on my calendar and hide it or something, but it's just it, then you can have a task list in Google that has all your lists and then you can put specific times. It's an interesting new thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to yeah, stick awesome. to it or I'm not, but it's cool. It out for
1: sure. So, you found awesome. it's made you more efficient.
0: Um, you know, I don't know. I'm, it's still new. I'm, I go back and forth between um, like bullet journaling, which is like I like getting everything on paper to some degree. I just feel like if I write it down and I like plan my day, I actually end up getting more focusing on the right things versus just being busy. Um, I know and if it's you good- write
1: it down, you have muscle memory, so it's the same thing. Uh, if we're gonna go back to financial goals. if you write something down you're you're statistically. I don't know the number, but it's a significant statistical probability that you are much more likely to achieve that goal.
0: Right, exactly. So that's and that's like the other thing. I'm trying to be better about that. So I don't know. I'm always trying new things, but I'm I'm always. It's cool to hear that you use Google Calendar and and, and do that a lot. That's that's a big one of mine. So JB, so thank Google you. on the
1: desktop. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, and on your phone now. So like, the, but they, uh,
1: I, on my phone, I just use the the iOS app. But now I'm going to try and integrate that tasks.
0: Yeah. So if you have, if you try on your phone, like if you go to events and then add an event, you can now see like one of the options is like there's always like been events, reminders, and out of office. Now there's tasks.
1: Okay. And it's awesome.
0: cool. It's just cool because now it go, it, you can be seamless between your list on Google Tasks and your actual calendar. It's like in both places. If you complete something and you click complete on the calendar, it'll, complete, it'll also mark it done on your list. So it's like a seamless piece. That's kind of cool. Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. going to check it out. It yeah. I feel
0: like it. I well jb so. it was it was a pleasure uh, chatting with you i uh i had a blast getting to know you and learning a little Absolutely. more about your Likewise. perspective on finance and i think one thing that'd be cool and i've said this to um a few other people that have a, you know financial advising backgrounds on here it'd be fun to uh, have you on again and there's a million different things we could talk about so we, t- we i'd love a to come back,
1: back if you will have me um I think we did the, the trial run here with finding out the internet doesn't work. What's ironic is, you know, my wife is on Zoom meetings all day long. And she doesn't have this problem.
0: Problem? It's, I've, sometimes I'm telling you, it's like, you know, in the evenings, it's, uh, I think everyone's home, scrolling on stuff. Yeah. out. I think it's worse.
1: I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, the Mrs. doesn't doesn't ever get disconnected. One of the first things, before we even moved in, it's like, her job is so internet dependent. Right. We needed to get the Wi-Fi, and we were talking about this again before we we got cut out earlier when I was in the attic trying to get a signal. Was again how they upsell you? How many wireless devices do you have? Four? No, I have a lot. How many? I can't tell you. I'm like my whole house is is wired. Right.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. So,
1: um, so they're like, okay, well, you need the you know the one gig uh, package. And I'm like, sure. That. Just if that's going to allow me to connect the most devices and right and not slow me down. Absolutely. Now, what's interesting, right? None of our devices right now can go that fast, yeah. But right, it, either way, like you sold me, Yeah. So <laughs> I,
0: that's funny, but I, yeah.
1: I, I'd love to come back. Uh, if you know, the yeah, the definitely phone seems to work uh it, and see we started off the the meeting you calling me Julian now we're friends you're calling me JB it's, that's what yeah. happens
0: on here this podcast we all become friends so yeah it's awesome love it no but thank you JB appreciate it uh thanks for the time i know you're a busy guy so thanks for coming on and sharing this with all the audience i'm sure there's a lot of good takeaways in here and um i'll be sure i'll i'll uh, add all of your contact info in the show notes so people can get a hold of you if they want to learn more and if they um, want
1: to again the the primary thing was was really just to talk to to you be on the same podcast that matt Fraser was on That's like <laughs> there you go now you can say that cool. this is my first podcast ever so if oh I you did a, great good, if good i was job. a really bad guest like
0: no you did great jb I can improve people will love it now, with everything comes practice it's funny listening back to my initial couple podcasts versus now it's it's a totally different thing so we'll have you on again and we'll we'll have more fun again and we'll yeah uh, i'll we'll do it. deeper stuff
1: cool whatever you whatever you need I, I mean i think you know we talked about a lot of high level stuff which is is great it doesn't make sense to get into like the real real deep deep stuff which is right. why when we were talking about the stock options i tried to keep it high level yeah no, rather okay. than talking about like Incentive re- restricted stock and all right, this right, right. Of stuff, um, and I don't know. I mean, again, like my my approach is if you have two hundred thousand or twenty million, I'm talking to you all the same way again because I want to be authentic.
0: Yeah. No, I feel that that's fantastic. That's the way you got to do it.
1: So, what would be interesting again uh, is. To, to talk about it, we we didn't delve on this, and it's probably because it's not relevant to most people. But you know, when I when I was listening to the the Matt podcast, that's fantastic how he how he's able to leverage those opportunities. But it made me think of Rob Gronkowski. So you, I don't know if he's as a Patriot, and my guess is still now he he signed I think a forty seven million dollar contract. He never spent a dime of his contract money. He lived off his endorsement money because he realized that his time as an athlete and maybe having some back issues in college and also in the pros, he was going to not be a, uh, and football was a collision sport, right? Right. Yep. So he, not contact, but collision, big, big difference, right? Um, he saved you know, forty seven million dollars pre-tax from his NFL money. Right. Yeah, So yeah, again, when exactly. we're talking about about savings and and Gronk is 31, you're 29, we can't compare.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little bit of a difference. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean there's just like it's different different things depending upon where you are and that, you know, outliers, I guess, right?
0: Sure. When yeah. Definitely.
1: Uh, which is a book, Malcolm Gladwell. It yep, I like have it right years. here on my shelf. It's my next. I one I think to it read. took me like four years to read. I didn't really like that one anymore. That um,
0: uh, that's that's my next one I'm reading. So we'll, I'll I'll have a better I'll have better feedback next time we talk.
1: Do you have Dr. Seuss?
0: No, I do not. I'll have to get that one. That one that <laughs> one will go on the list. Okay, I'll, send it, I'll buy it to you for okay.
1: you.
0: I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, you Uh Not yet. Nope. Just a dog, dog and a cat.
1: Okay. Well, if you have kids, it's a good book for kids. If you decide one day yeah. to expand your family, but it's oh yeah,
0: I mean, I grew up with with Doctor Seuss, so definitely, definitely know what it's about.
1: Email me your address; it'll be my gift from for me to you again. A thought book.
0: I appreciate it, JV. Thank you so much, and thank yeah, you again yeah. for coming on. This is this was a blast. Um, if you want to tell real quick, what uh what, what's the best place for people to get a hold of you,
1: I would say the best place to get a hold of me is at conciergewealthmanagement.com. Concierge is kind of tough to spell. So it's C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E-W-M short for wealthmanagement.com and then click contact.
0: Got it. Perfect. Okay. Well, you heard it here. Well, JB, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, have a great rest of your night.
1: All right, Shane, thanks. You too. Awesome. Talk to you soon. There in Chicago.
0: Yeah, you as well in Boston, my friend. All right, take care. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening to the show today, everybody. Just wanted to follow up with a few links. If you enjoyed learning a little bit about more about Julian and want to check out his company, Concierge Wealth Management, their link to their website is in the show notes, and you can check them out. Um, as you heard at the beginning, RX Bar, the company that I work for full time, is helping with this podcast. And if you guys would like to check out RX Bar and all their products, that link is also in the show notes. Um, I also have a link for the book that Julian recommended, so that is included. And the other few links that you can find are, as always, if you're interested in starting your own investment journey, uh, Robinhood is not a sponsor of the podcast yet, and uh, but you can use the link there. It's my personal link. Um, you will get a free stock by signing up with Robinhood. And then, if you you know need help or want to have a good place to look at companies that I'm still looking at and focused on in the stock market, you can go to the COVID stock market rebound tracker, which is the next link. And there, you can find the companies I'm looking for, uh, looking for invested in, and really the ones I'm keeping on my radar to invest in. So it's a great place for anyone new or experienced that just wants a fresh place and a fresh, uh, you know, a fresh idea when it comes to investing and then one new link i wanted to mention real quick was um we me and julian in this episode talk about a product called whoop and if anyone knows me personally um they know i'm a huge whoop fanboy and so they are not a sponsor of this podcast either but i love to share and talk about the brands uh that i'm passionate about on here and i i think it's it's very helpful for them and why not share products and uh, services that I love and enjoy in my daily life? So if you want to check out the link to Whoop, you can actually get a free Whoop strap. And they're your first month free by clicking on my link. And in full transparency, I get a free month uh, as well. So um, if you want to check out the product that me and Julian chatted through, I've been using it for a little over a year. Um, I've always been into fitness you know, devices on, on me. You know, I've had like the Fitbits, um, I've had a few Apple watches and then I got Whoop and it's without sounding too, uh, you know, Addy here, like a, like a sales ad. Um, it's wild. Uh, it's so much more detailed and data filled than any other product I've ever had. I don't know how I'm ever going to get rid of it. It's, it's like one of the most addicting things that I've ever had and it. You know, it's kind of like a daily pulse on your health. So I love it. Check it out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, if you love this episode, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends. Um, I can't explain to you how much that helps the growth of the podcast. If, if you are also uh, you know, a big fan of today's episode, give us a review, give it a like. That all helps on all the platforms, as always. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to share it with your friends, that would be great. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with a new episode soon. All right, everybody, have a fantastic day. Thanks.